Today on Church Public, Google pays respect to Jesus' empty tomb with an empty homepage. Thanks for the joke, Babylon B. Yesterday was also the anniversary of the death of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Does he have anything left to teach us? I would say yes. Then in current events, from a Christian perspective, the trans cult attacks another woman because, well, she knows what a woman is. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. As always, I'm your host, Matt Odegaard, and I really appreciate you stopping by today. We've got a bunch of things going on today, and I just really appreciate you being a part of it. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of those who have been faithfully listening for several years at this point. And uh, I mean, I feel like there's just a lot going on, a lot to talk about, and I want to help you understand what it means to live out your faith, to follow Jesus in everything that you do. And more and more, we're coming into a season where that's just going to be tricky. So if you are listening on audio, I really appreciate it. If you want to see some of the video, and I don't know, sometimes a picture tells a thousand words, and I've got several pictures, several videos today. So you may or may not want to check it out. You can check it out on the podcast places, perhaps YouTube, if it is still there. If not, go to churchpublic.com, and I will make sure that the video is up there somewhere as well. So we're just going to jump into some news today. If, well, I don't know when you're listening to this, but Hopefully, it's recent uh, from when I'm recording it, and that means that we just celebrated Easter. So I hope you had a wonderful Easter celebration. I know I had a wonderful Easter celebration uh, with family, with friends, uh, at a church, and uh, just really appreciate what Jesus has done for us. Um, and as I mentioned in the opening, uh, the joke that the Babylon Bee had... Um, <laughs> And I, I wasn't looking for this particularly, but I just thought it was funny enough to share that Google, um, who you probably know this, maybe maybe you've, you've noticed this. I haven't used Google for a lot of years, so I didn't notice it because I just never go on that site because I don't use it or support them. Anyway, so they have a thing called Google Doodles, apparently, where every day they change their doodle, their name, their font to... Uh, celebrate something, right? Whatever the day happens to be for that day. And there have been all kinds of things. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to try pulling this up and see. Oh, yeah, there we go. So that worked okay. Uh, so this is just their website and some of their do doodles. Uh, New Year's Day had a doodle. Uh, there are a bunch of birthdays of people whom I literally have no idea who they are. But uh, Cutter's National Day of 2022, like there's a day for you that does things. Kazakhstan Independence Day. Very exciting. Kazakhstan Independence Day. You know, that was uh, December 16th, 2022, in case you wanted to know. These are Google Doodles. I'm really not going to go through all of these. I just don't care enough. But, I mean, World Cup is on here. A uh, bunch of things I don't know or recognize. But these have all been Google Doodles. And you can go to Google Doodle and see the ones that they've been. But, but my point here is this. Someone pointed this out to me on Easter, and I was like, no, this can't be true. But sure enough, on, on Google, on Easter, of, of which, let's just say, around two and a half, maybe even three billion people, with a B, billion people on Earth celebrate Easter. That's a lot of people. They claim to be Christians, so they, they, you know, three billion people celebrate Easter. And this is what Google had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for those of you listening... If you missed it, this is nothing. I mean, it's just their logo and, and, and the colors. Now, I, I even had this up on a mobile device 
<laughs> so I pulled it up and it was even worse because it was literally just a black and white image. It was their logo in black or in white on a black background because I guess I had night mode on or something. So that's that to me is even better. Uh, yeah. So Google, thanks for celebrating Easter with us, everybody. Appreciate that. Um, you know, don't don't go to too much trouble for us on Easter, the biggest holiday maybe in the world ever. I mean, yeah, Christmas is a big deal. I love Christmas, but Easter is Resurrection Sunday because that's the day that we get away to eternity through Jesus Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's what he said, right? Um, yeah, so who's this? Oh, yeah, uh, End Wokeness Twitter account said, International Women's Day, Gay Pride, Juneteenth, and Easter. And again, if you're just listening, each one of those, International Women's Day, Gay Pride, Juneteenth, have all these beautiful little pictures, and Easter has... Well, as I mentioned, nothing. So <laughs> I just thought that was good enough to share because they hate you. Um, again, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how to say it in another way any, anymore. Like, I know you want to say, well, they just don't care either way. No, no, they really don't like you. They don't like you. They don't care about you. And they want to rub it into your face at any any possible time that they can. And that's that's what they've done uh, on Easter. And it's not surprising. I mean, not I'm not particularly surprised by this because of course their values are completely antithetical to any of your values however uh it just it's like i should learn and like i should know better but i just don't i don't know better and i and i just i just uh you know see these types of things and go huh okay well, that's interesting so there you go nothing on easter thanks google uh in addition Yesterday was the anniversary of the death of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, you may or may not have heard of Bonhoeffer. He has been, uh, I guess I would say, a hero of mine for more years than I can remember. I got uh, the book, The Cost of Discipleship. Again, I don't even remember when. I was definitely a teenager when I first read it, uh, and it changed my life. It changed my life because I grew up in church, and, and I had a faith, but I made my faith my own late high school, early college. And part of that process was to realize that in order to follow Jesus, it does cost something, right? Grace may be free, but it's not cheap, and it costs a lot for Jesus on the cross to pay for your salvation and my salvation. And through this book, he goes through a lot of it. Now, the interesting thing about him is, and, and I, I won't go too far into this because I know you came here for current events from a Christian perspective, and we're going to look at those. But in his day, he was a champion of theology and a very learned scholar, theologian, teacher, preacher, pastor. And I mean, he even was a confidant to the assassination plot of Hitler himself, this Valkyrie. You probably saw a movie with a very famous actor that I won't name at this time. Uh, but Bonhoeffer was part of this whole thing to try to get rid of Hitler uh, from the face of the earth because Bonhoeffer knew that when there is evil, you need to do something. It is the quote-unquote good men who do nothing that are the most to blame. You have to actually do something. And so what he's probably best known for, though, is, is, is that maybe, and then this book, The Cost of Discipleship. He wrote a really good book on ethics as well, but this Cost of Discipleship book reminds you and I and any followers of Jesus that there is a cost, and part of that cost is being the enemy of the world. So I just I pulled one passage that I'll read quickly for you in this um, Cost of Discipleship book. If you haven't read it, definitely recommend it today. Um, it was written, I want to say, in 1943, 
Um, I didn't write down exactly when I could probably look, but anyway, it's been around for a long time, but my point was going to be saying that even though it's been around for so long, uh, 37, sorry, I was, I was off on that. Um, it was published in 37 and yeah, that makes sense because, uh, he, uh, was in prison in 1943. He was finishing his ethics book. That's why I got confused. But, uh, but, um, this one was, was published before that. Part of that cost, though, is being the enemy of the world. So he said this, The messengers of Jesus will be hated to the end of time. They will be blamed for all the divisions which rend cities and homes. Jesus and his disciples will be condemned on all sides for undermining family life, for leading the nations astray. They will be called crazy fanatics and disturbers of the peace. The disciples will be sorely tempted to desert their Lord, but... The end is also near, and they must hold on and persevere. If they called Jesus a devil, how much more will they call the servants of his household devils? Thus, Jesus will be with them, and they will be in all things like unto him. Um, in other words, we need to follow Jesus. It's important that we do, but as we follow Jesus, we are going to be persecuted in the same way that Jesus was. And for Bonhoeffer, that was entirely true. He was hanged for his crimes, and, and while he was hanged in some sense for the crime of the assassination plot, really he was hanged because he spoke truth. And he actually um, developed this whole... the. <laughs> The, again, I'm not going to get into the history, but the state church of Germany went all in for the Nazis. And they just said, yep, Nazis are good. We're going to be Nazis too. And Bonhoeffer said, uh, that's not biblical at all, so I can't do that. So he basically created his own church more in the line of Luther and the Reformers and, well, the Bible, because following Hitler and the Nazis was clearly bad. And because of that... He was outcast, his books were banned, his books were burned, and then he eventually he was killed because he would not stand up and say, well, the Nazis aren't that bad, right? They're not that bad. Um, and and he would not do that. So I, I, I've always been a fan because it's really good for us to, to understand that in this world, we're going to see persecution. And I know many of us grew up in a time that was just the golden age of Christianity in America, and it was really easy. That time has passed. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just trying to be realistic. We have to understand that when you now stand up and say true things, which we'll see in a moment, even examples of, you will be shouted down, uh, swore at, uh, potentially physically assaulted. This is the way we're going in this country. And unfortunately, it doesn't really look like it's getting much better. So you have to understand that and you have to have the courage to stand up and say true things, even when the mob, when everybody else says you are wrong, you can say, but I follow Christ. And uh, yeah, I'm, I was going to quote another verse, but but I'll just leave it at that. I follow Christ and, you know, whatever happens, I'm just going to keep following Christ. So let's move on from that and just talk about some good news. Um, this is some good news. I, 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 this, I came across this story um, over the weekend and was really excited by it. Wanted to share it as well because I try to share good news along with the bad because there's a lot of crazy bad news. But this is good news. An abortion drug has been banned in many, many states across America. Really, it should have been banned in all the states. But um, at the same time that it was banned, there were these two court cases that were kind of dueling. And, and one of them... Actually, I'll just read. I'll read part of this article for you. Um, this is out of NPR. Judges dueling decisions put access to a key abortion drug in jeopardy nationwide. The drug is mifepristone, and it is an abortion drug. In other words, it induces abortion. In other words, it kills babies. So the good news is this drug has been 
banned in many states. So uh, according to this article in Texas, U.S. District Judge Matthew Kazmarek ruled the Food and Drug Administration improperly approved the abortion pill more than 20 years ago. So this is not a new drug, but it is a new case that affects it. The judge in Texas issued a nationwide injunction pausing the FDA's approval, which is set to take effect in seven days. In other words, nationwide, this drug should no longer be used. However, uh, in a dirty little trick, um, the U.S. District Judge Thomas O. Rice issued a ruling in a separate case in Washington state. It was a lawsuit filed by a Democratic coalition of attorneys and 17 other states and the District of Columbia, which were blocking the FDA from pulling the drug. So in other words, Texas judge said, hey, pull this drug, FDA, because your approval process was garbage. You don't get to do it that way, even though it's been 20 years. And then this other judge in Washington said, hey, time out. We're going to sue you so you can't pull the drug in some of these states. So basically what it turns into is more red states, more blue states. The red states are going to pull the drug. You're not going to be able to get the drug to kill your babies. And in many of the blue states, you're still going to be able to get it until these two cases are completely settled. Um, so we'll see. I'll, I'll keep an eye on this. But the good news is uh, it's it's we are going to see less babies killed, especially with these uh, these drugs, these pills. So I, I'm excited about that. I think that's fantastic news, and we need to celebrate things where we can because um, it's it's just it's hard. It's hard to know exactly what is going on in the world, and there's just so much so much pain and. As Christians, we need to stand up for those that cannot stand up for themselves. I say this a lot, but of course, babies can't stand up for themselves. So we need to be there for them and we need to uh, help them and speak for them in any place that we can. So I'm happy to do that and we'll continue to do that as long as I have breath in my lungs. Um, so I'm just going to keep doing that as well. And as an aside to Bonhoeffer, this isn't related and I didn't mean to share this part of the story, but I can't help it right in this moment. And he went like he was obviously from Germany. Um, he ended up in New York for a while. It actually was a very short while because all of this was going on during World War II, Hitler's issues. And he said, I, I have to go back to Germany. I have to help people. Um, and he went back, was pretty much immediately arrested. Um, and, and basically he preached to the guards. He preached to the people in the prisons. He preached to anybody that he could all of the times that he could. And I just love that um, in the midst of his own very serious and terrible persecution, which eventually led to his death. He continued to preach the gospel and uh, reminds me of Acts 2, Acts 4. Um, I, I just I just love it. And we need to have that kind of courage as much as we can. Um, and, and speaking of courage and, and people talking and, and speaking of things, this is an older clip and it, it came up a while ago, but I just really wanted to play it because um, we, the conservatives, uh, you, you know, um, Christians, uh, other social media places, we are accused of just saying the same things and always having the same story and spreading misinformation and disinformation. I've, I've done many episodes on that at churchpublic.com. You can get those or any of the podcast archives. Um, but I came across this, and it is not new. It's at least a couple of years old. I couldn't find the exact date, but I just think it's really interesting um, because while we are accused of all this misinformation and disinformation, this video shows multiple, multiple, multiple news reporters saying literally 
the same words. So you may have seen this, but I just thought it was too good not to share again that they just keep saying the same words over and over again. It's a little bit weird to hear. And again, if you if you aren't watching, like it's kind of hard to match the mouths up. But basically what happens is there's one person saying it and then sometimes there's many, 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 many people saying it. So if you can't understand it, just rewind it a couple of times or go and watch the video. So let's take a listen to this first one. I just... I think it's interesting. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely. I mean, if that's not terrifying, like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. So again, it was a little bit garbly and I, and I get that it makes more, it really makes more sense if you see it because you can see all of their mouths moving. And like, there's so many stations at one point I didn't count, but there was probably 26 or 30 news reporters saying exactly the same words. And I mean, exactly the same words. Is that not weird? I feel like it's weird to me. Uh, there's one more quick clip. This one's actually a little bit more easy to understand and it's just one after another of the same words so uh this and and the reason i clip this look we are accused of threatening the democracy by by being pro free speech and 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 wanting you to be able to say whatever you want to say and they want to say well if you can say anything that you want to say that is a threat to democracy and that's this is the result of that this is extremely dangerous to our democracy 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 uh this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous. I mean, you you get the point, right? Like it, it goes on and on and on and on. And it's just crazy to watch. And, it, and it's crazy. It's crazy making. But here here's the point, right? Because we're doing Christian uh, current events from a Christian perspective. And, and here's what you need to know. You need to understand. Like I, I've had people ask me, like, how how can you say they're controlling what you think and controlling what you say and whatever? And this is one of the main reasons how. Um I will be flat honest if you couldn't tell. No one is asking me to say certain things. No one is telling me to say certain things. Basically, I say pretty much whatever I want to say. Um, and that is extremely dangerous to their democracy. And what you have to do is substitute the word democracy because it doesn't mean what they think it means or it doesn't mean what we believe that it means, according to the dictionary. What it means is their authority. Right. You, you, you have to substitute democracy for this is extremely dangerous to our power. This is extremely dangerous to our authority. That is what they're saying. They're saying that if you can say if I can say whatever I want to say, if you can say whatever you want to say, that is extremely dangerous to them keeping the power because then they can't control you. This is all about control. Much like previous governments, they must make you believe and say the right things or they just lose power completely. This is the game that they're playing. And I, I what I like about these kind of clips is 
this pulls back the curtain and shows you, well, this is how they're playing it. Somewhere, somehow, someone is typing in these scripts and then sending it to all of the news places, and apparently they just read it. Apparently it's Ron Burgundy all over the place. Whatever you put on the teleprompter, they're just going to read. Um, I think that's rather crazy when you watch the news and think, oh, this is non-biased, you know, just regular news. I'm just saying, you know, you, you may want to dig a little bit deeper and, and, and figure out what is really going on. All right. Meanwhile, in a move that is actually dangerous to our democracy, as far as I'm concerned, a girl swimmer who was on the team with um, Leah Thomas or William Thomas or whatever you want to call him, um, was attacked really rather rather terribly. And and here here's the reality. Here's a little bit of the story. Gaines was attacked by a man wearing a dress as an outraged mob shouted her down, harassed her, and forced her to be barricaded in San Francisco State University for hours. And at one point, I'll even show you a little bit of this clip, they were they were like holding her hostage for 10 bucks or something. Some guy's like, let's you guys pay us money and then we'll let you go. I'm pretty sure that's called holding people hostage and and uh, anyway the, but this is the reality that we're in let's just watch a couple of these things um i had to turn the volume way down because i couldn't bleep out all of the words because these people are just so angry so i'm gonna kind of play this and talk over it as we're going and i may uh adjust the volume as we go just to kind of censor it and make sure that it's not uh bad but anyway um if you cannot see and you're just listening this is riley Gaines, who is a swimmer who swam against um leah thomas and this uh poor young lady has been very brave and traveling around and saying that men are not women and that they shouldn't uh, swim against women because they just destroy women and she got hit or attacked by this dude wearing a dress um and then um, this is the other clip here where they're they're basically holding them hostage because they're just sitting there and saying we're, they, they had to barricade themselves. Riley and some other people had to barricade themselves in a room and these other people just stood outside and would not let them leave. And uh, it, again, so if you cannot see in this video and you're just listening there, it appears to be officers here. And what they're doing is nothing. It appears that there's officers here and they're just kind of sitting there going, well, you guys just have a little party and it's okay that you're holding people hostage inside this room, apparently, in the uh, San Francisco State University. Apparently doesn't care that, that this trans LGBT community is holding people hostage. And then this, this guy, I'm talking over him, but that's fine because there were some words in here that I didn't want you to hear anyway. But um, they're, they're just sitting there holding them hostage. And at one point they're like, hey, let's charge our money to get out of here for our trouble. And this is the thing, right? This poor girl was attacked by a raging trans mob because she was saying words that you cannot say specifically words like men are not women and men should not play sports with women because that's not good. Like there's a story here. Uh, so she is University of Pennsylvania swimmer. Um, I'm sorry, Leah Thomas is University of Pennsylvania. This is Kentucky, uh, Riley Gaines. That's where she was from. In the NCAA swimming championships last year, they both tied for fifth. She tells this story that didn't clip out, but you can go watch it if you want at some point. Um, it's all over. It's all over the interwebs where there was only one trophy for a fifth place and they gave it to Leah Thomas for a photo op. And she was like, hey, that's not entirely fair. And of course, it's not because none of this is fair because none of it is, is about fairness. None of it is about the equity that they claim to promote. This is about 
lifting up the oppressed class and pushing them into the spotlight. And whoever is in the way is just going to get trampled because that doesn't matter. They want you to believe that the trans world is oppressed. And they want you to believe that the trans world, the trans community is experiencing a genocide. This is what all of the main line news reports are saying. There is literally a genocide against them, but there's not. There is no genocide against the trans community. It's not real. It's not happening. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And we've seen that, but they must make you believe this. They must, they must force you to believe that, whether it is through attacking poor young girls um, who are just trying to say true things, or unfortunately, like what we saw in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, where they are killing children and, and killing adults because they believe, they honestly believe that there really is a genocide. Part of this country is just trying to live according to traditional values, marriage, family, children, religion, and instilling the values and faith of that community, raising up their children. The other part of this country is living in a different world. They are letting the internet raising their children. They're abdicating their responsibility and saying, well, we'll just let our children do whatever they want and hang out with whomever they want. And a lot of that is on the internet. And we have seen, we have seen for certain there are people, there are algorithms on social media that specifically targets young, confused children with gender and other radical ideologies. We know this is happening. There are reports about this actually happening. And we saw that in Tennessee. We saw the government took away the abilities of children to medically and chemically transition. That's what happened in Tennessee. The governor signed a bill and said, kids cannot transition because they cannot consent to this. And that, according to this community, justifies whatever happens, apparently including the murder of children and their teachers. This isn't me talking. This is their response to it. This was the um, trans day of vengeance that they planned they called it this. Um, all of this just comes months after the left denied that they were even trying to trans anyone's kids. They said over and over again, we're not doing this. We would never trans your kids. We, we, we wouldn't do that to you. All we want is just to be left alone and be able to do whatever we want. And then we, the community that is interested in the truth, highlighted things like Boston Children's Hospital and Kaiser that literally advertise in their advertisements years ago that they advertise the medical transition of children's and of children. And they say that they want this and they're they're advertising for this. And the left said, no, no, that's not really happening. We would never do that to children. But the second, the, the moment you take away their ability to trans the kids in somewhere like Tennessee, they justify killing and beating up their adversaries, namely Christians or young women who stand in the way of their preferred reality. And instead of the president and the press secretary and the admiral director of health and human services saying you shouldn't murder people, they're saying there's terrible persecution of trans people. Um, I don't think I clipped this for you, but this is a quote from Admiral Rachel Levine, who is formerly Richard Levine. Thanks to press secretary for saying this directly. LGBTQI plus kids are resilient. They are fierce. They fight back. They're not going anywhere. And we have their back. The administration has their back. There's nothing wrong with being gay, trans or queer. This is in the wake of murder of children and teachers and attacks on poor young women who are saying things and their response to that is trans people are persecuted. They, as far as I have heard and seen, anyone in the Biden administration, not one has said Christians are being persecuted and we should pray for them or anything like that. As far as I've seen, you can send it to me if I missed it. I have seen nothing on any sentiment like that at all. N nothing saying, oh, it's terrible that these Christians died. It, it, you know, he, he, he put out one message that was like, we mourn for them or something, but 
but then right away went into the trans community is persecuted, and as did the press secretary and Admiral Richard Rachel Levine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm just saying, this is the world that we're living in, and we have to understand it in order to share our faith and live out our faith in it. Um, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to be uh, Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to remove your hope. In fact, I think you should have more hope through this. I think you should understand that this is the reality of the world. This is the culture that we have created, and now we have to live in it. And this goes back to Bonhoeffer, where we began. And really before that, back to Jesus from Matthew 10. And that, I think that's what I think that's what we'll end on. We'll, we'll end with Matthew 10, because this is a great passage for us to understand that we do have hope, we do have a future, and we understand that this is the mission we have from Jesus. This isn't about us. This is about our place in God's kingdom. Jesus, Matthew 10, 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings and witness uh, as witnesses to them and the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. It will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. Verse 22, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. In other words, this is the time. You were made for such a time as this. I know I've talked to people who are just lamenting, like, I, I just wish we were back in the 50s. I just wish we were back in the 90s. It was so much better. It was so much easier then. No, there were still problems then. There, there were always been problems. There will always be problems in this world. But you are here now. So you have this great calling from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to get out there and say true things, to speak with grace, to speak with truth, and to say, hey, um, we can love our neighbors but loving them is not lying to them. And this culture insists that you keep up this lie and they mandate it and they attack you uh, verbally, maybe even physically, if you don't lie for them or lie to them. And as Christians, I mean, that's a commandment. Don't lie. Don't bear false witness. I mean, it's a literal in the Ten Commandments as well as other places. So we we can't. We can't lie about this. We can't lie about really anything. So we need to stand up for our faith. We need to live out our faith, live it in the fruit of the Spirit, but also stand firm to that truth. I hope that you do that for Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard, and as always, I hope that you will keep the faith.